Welcome to the Weird But Wonderful podcast. This is last week's episode. If you'd like to get today's episode, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash one weird podcast and get episodes a week early by supporting the show. Either way, enjoy the episode. I'll talk to you next time. Peace. Twenty third of March, two thousand and twenty, Monday, three forty one p.m. It's your weekly dose of weirdness with me, your socially isolated host, James Carline. It's you and I together. We're here. We're back again. We're taking a journey into the minds of strange people doing strange things, trying to just understand people, humanity, the decisions people are making, and tapping into the the minds of of the populace. Why people doing what they're doing? We do that. With a number of tools, we have a number, a number arrow, number of arrows in our quiver, and they include psychology journals, peer-reviewed studies, ridiculous news stories, occasionally misconnections, anything that taps in to the psyche of the people and and understands them. And a very special thank you to the patrons, Shane, Sam, producer patron Sam. You guys, now more than ever, your your support for the show means so much to me it's changed again it's patreon.com forward slash one weird podcast go check it out check out the tears see if there's anything on there that uh, tickles your fancy piques your interest and uh maybe you want to kick a couple bucks to support the show get your hands on some extra goodies but today i wanted to take a look at uh enough about me okay let's let's take a look into your life particularly your house your home your humble abode your casa, <laughs> um, your house, it's safe or is it safe? Ooh, nothing but fear and panic spread worldwide through the media right now. And what do you need? Well, to tune into a podcast that's going to make you more fearful. Uh, we're talking about your home and more importantly, how inviting your home might be to a potential thief burglar boy we're looking through the lens of a thief on this episode uh and we're trying to understand what 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 things about your house makes it a better target than someone else's house um i recently read two studies about this and found it fascinating thought i'd do an episode on it thought you might find it interesting as well so we'll uh we'll jump we'll just say we'll just jump straight into it let's do something different on this episode and we'll jump straight in no one wants to believe that his or her house makes an inviting target for burglary and many of us think that we've done all the right things to make sure it will never happen maybe we should think again Ooh, nice little bit of sizzle there at the beginning of this study um you know, not writing studies like they used to, you know. Now, it's all about the storytelling. It's not. They can be very boring. So what does an inviting target look like? What what about your home screams, rob me? <laughs> what, what about your home is a beacon for thievery, for theft, for children of the night? What music they make. Not vampires, different podcasts. We'll do another episode on vampires. Environmental psychologist Barbara Brown and Erwin Altman analyzed the architectural characteristics of 306 homes in the Salt Lake City area that had been burglarized and compared them to a comparable group of houses in the same city that had not been burglarized. 
They found that a clear making of a home's territory was more likely in non-burglarized homes than in ones that had been robbed. Interesting. For example, houses that were not robbed were more likely to have actual and symbolic boundaries such as fences, walls, and cameras or alarm systems. What I like to go with, you know, in a very witchy fashion is a salt circle. That's my type of uh, clear and symbolized boundary. So people know no burglars, but also no nefarious beings. Safe in many ways. You know, not enough people are making the boundaries of their homes. You know, a lot of people are thinking, oh, you know, meat realm, protect them from the meat realm. But how many people are protecting them from the spiritual realm? Me, just me, apparently. Um, A visible street number accompanied by the homeowner's name seemed to be an effective deterrent. As any evidence of the homeowner's presence, such as parked cars, toys in the yard or lawn sprinklers operating. Sorry, a visible street number accompanied by the homeowner's name seemed to be an efficient deterrent. Okay, so on, so out the front of your house, this is, uh, I guess, you know, we're all socially isolating at these times, which is a new term that we're all learning instead of, you know, using clear and concise communication. Let's make up new terms to confuse people. But um, we're all at home, you know, so, well, you're probably not really... If you're always home, the likelihood of you being burglarized is probably pretty low. But hey, this is useful information for any other time. What you're going to want to do, apparently, is make a giant sign that has the number of your house and then just your name. So, 357 Stephen. Do that, you know. That's, a according to this study, a very effective deterrent. So, obviously, I'll put up a template on the Patreon and then you sort of just, you know, insert your own name and um, house number. Any evidence of the homeowner's presence, such as parked cars, toys in the yard or lawn sprinklers. Interesting that you could put things in the yard because now I'm thinking of a very home alone style approach where, oh, are these just toys in the yard? No, no. They're part of my home's defensive system. That's right. Maybe a couple of broken baubles, a couple of a couple of uh, Hot Wheels cars for easy slippings, maybe some marbles. It's gonna make it is gonna make mowing a total nightmare. <laughs> now that I think about it, but you know, at, at what what price really can you put on your home safety? A couple of lawnmower blades. A couple of scuffed up shins, you know, a couple of broken windows, perhaps. You know, it's worth it in the long run, I feel. Non-burglarized homes were also more visible from neighboring houses, especially those that were immediately nearby. So a very open front yard, a very visible home is what you want. No privacy. Forget privacy. Privacy's dead. It's 2020. Privacy is dead. I have a Google Home sitting immediately to my left listening to everything that I'm saying, I guarantee that after this episode, after I'm done recording this episode, all of the ads I'm going to get in all of my feeds, my social medias, my, my, my banners on my websites, it's all going to be home security systems. Because I'm going to say the word burglary a lot and they're going to think, oh, ring-a-ding-ding. Remarketing opportunities here. Let's sell James a Nest camera. Have you got a Nest camera, James? No, I don't. I live in an apartment building, so 
now that I'm thinking about it, I can use the Hot Wheels defense in front of the front door. Have to let my girlfriend know about it, though. Uh, in contrast, burglarized houses were more likely to resemble public property with a lack of clearly defined boundaries between the home and the surrounding area. City, how how fucking rando is your house looking that people are con- confusing it with public property? Hey, what? Hey, what the fuck are you doing in my kitchen? Whoa, oh, whoa. Sorry, I thought thought this was a local food bank i mean nothing about the outside of your home made me think this is a person's domicile i just thought yes this this is just a difficult public piece of property to get into i did take out two windows to get in if i'm honest i tried to pick the lock turns out i can't pick locks even though i've seen i've seen a lot of movies in my time turns out i couldn't pick those locks so i did just kick in a window um and then it was a bit fun, so I kicked in another window. So, again, thought it was public property. So, you didn't, you didn't have... See, what got me confused was the fact that out the front of the home, there was no giant sign that had a number and your name on it. So, that's why I thought it was, you know, just public property. Easy, easy to confuse. City-owned objects such as traffic signs and fire hydrants frequently infringed on those properties and they often showed little trace of human presence. What? City-owned objects such as traffic signs and fire hydrants frequently infringed on these properties and they often showed little traces of human presence. So on, so like in someone's front yard is a stop sign <laughs> for some reason. Hey, maybe they live on a corner. Okay, and it's very easy to confuse that. Well, there's a fire hydrant. There's a stop sign. There's three broken windows. Obviously, this is public property. They're also more likely to be visually secluded than were untargeted homes. Police departments confirmed that bad habits such as leaving garage doors wide open or leaving empty boxes from new purchases at the curb also invite trouble. Interesting. I see. I didn't think about that. See, I don't. This is what's good about things like this is we get to see the world through the lens of someone else, right? I wouldn't think because it's not it's not my in my immediate thought process to think how to rob, who can I rob, where can I rob? I mean, now it is. It's very top of mind. I'm going to be keeping my eye out for and you know, I'm fairly opportunistic so i can't say that i won't rob now um particularly now that i'm learning all the ins and outs so (laughs) isn't that weird with a lot of uh information they're like oh yes and here's a lot of security information so that we can be aware of things that might happen aren't you just giving people ideas for shit that they probably didn't think of because for me i'm i've never looked out the front of someone's house and gone okay nice new 70 inch tv box there out the front Got a two new Google Home boxes and that looks like a MacBook box. Oh, ring-a-ding-ding, jackpot inside. But now we're seeing we're seeing the world through the lens of the criminal, of the thief, of the burglar. So it's important to remember these things. And also, now that you are aware of how the system works, could you potentially use it to bait a burglar? Food for thought. Food for thought. What advice do burglars have for us? 
Perhaps the most direct way to learn about what makes a home vulnerable to invasion is to ask the people who do the invading. Oh, just mwah. hats off to the people who did this study, first of all. Thank you so much. Researchers in one study in the Journal of Environmental Psychology titled Territorial Cues and Defensible Space Theory, The Burglar's Point of View, asked 43 convicted burglars to evaluate photographs of 50 single-family dwellings that potentially as potential targets for a burglary. The burglars confirmed that houses easily observed were the least vulnerable targets and that visibility from the road was especially important. Okay, so you want to clear out trees. Again, privacy being dead because it is 2020, you know. Everyone's thinking like, oh, don't want the neighbours looking at me. I want the neighbours looking at me 24-7. Keep my house safe. Every single, every single one of your fucking neighbours, you look out at them and go, you are a pawn in the game of keeping my house safe. You think you're just some neighbour, huh? No. Little do you know you are a pawn in my chess game of life. Keeping my house safe. Hey, Ron. Hey, security team. Jennifer. For whoever's keeping track... I think personally for me, that was the worst joke told on this podcast. So if you're keeping track, perhaps you've got an even worse one. Let's let's be honest. <laughs> There's probably a worse one on here somewhere. So anyway, I don't want my neighbors looking at me. You know, I want my, I want my privacy. I don't want... <sighs> Is there some kind of temporary privacy we could all start to implement? Where it's like, it's private when I need it to be private, but there's no permanent privacy. So then it's like, you know, I'm chilling in my pool. I've got a little, uh, you know, anti-neighbor system that blocks everyone's peepers from view. Uh, and then, you know, the rest of the time, it's like pff, everything's on show. But then do you run the risk... Of, you know, if my home is too visible, then everyone can see the cool shit that you've got. Then are you even more of a target? Or is the visibility still a deterrent? I don't know. <laughs> Should have asked them. Should have asked these burglars. At what point, you know, how, how much rad stuff needs to be inside a home that is incredibly visible for you to go, you know what, worth it. Worth it. Yeah, they're always saying risk it to get the biscuit, you know. that This is why shares pay out more money than bonds because there's more risk. So our riskier homes, the bigger payout. Burglars, let me know. At One Weird Podcast, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. The burglars seem to be especially fond of dense shrubbery and other vegetation around the house that offered the opportunity to slink around the perimeter and look into windows without being seen. I'd imagine that's also up there on pervy people's list of things that they like houses to have. There's a Venn diagram and in the middle it says dense shrubbery and then you're sort of like linking over the different people that like dense shrubbery. Pervy, pervy, pervy people, the pervy peeps, the burglars, 
children of the night, parentheses, vampires, comma, and, and other beings, you know. Burglars often visit a home ahead of time as a handy cheat. Hey, come on. Come on, Facebook. Cool it. I'm selling something on Facebook Marketplace, so got to you know got to keep those those messenger alerts active you know burglars often visit a home ahead of time as a handyman carpet cleaner or some other service worker interesting this allows them to scope out potential targets without looking suspicious ah i'd go with pizza delivery man don't know why Actually, I do know why. Because my head immediately went to, again, the cult classic film, Home Alone. And there's a pizza boy in it. He's not robbing, but I just figure it's a good... Anyway. The crooks were divided about the effectiveness of alarm systems and other symbolic barriers. Here we go. Here we go. How effective is my salt circle? On the one hand... These create more risk and hassle for would-be burglars, but it also led them to believe that a house protected in this way may possess more expensive and attractive items to steal, making for a more lucrative target. Ring-a-ding-ding. I told you. Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? See? Now... Now we know that if my house is too visible and they can see all the rad shit inside, they will risk it for the biscuit. I fucking, oh man. You know, every fiber of my being is lit up and on fire right now because it feels and tastes so good to be so right, you know? I fucking knew that, I knew that there would be something that would tip them over the edge and say, ah, I'm back on board. An immediate, ah, no, an immediate no. Oh, but now I look into it. They're protecting something very good in there. I'm back on board and double committed to the robbery. There is a thing, there's too much security. You know, it seems. Because you can, you can go from being safe and secure to turning yourself into a beacon of robbery. Come rob me, please. Oh, no, nothing in here. Just I just have 12 nest cams and a ring doorbell and a rat alarm system. Nothing in here. Rob the fuck out of me is what that says. Rob the fucking God-given shit out of me. KGW News in Portland, Oregon asked 86 burglars how they broke into homes and discovered some disturbing things. First, most break-ins aren't break-ins at all. The burglar simply enters the home through an unlocked door or window with, uh, with kitchen windows over a sink, a common point of entry. In fact, many of them knock on the door first to make sure that no one is home with a lame but believable cover story ready, ready if someone answers the door. Oh, and they did... You, someone, someone said that to you? Someone said... Here's what I like to do. Like, yeah, common points of entry, blah, blah, blah. But what I like to do is I like to knock on the door first to see if anyone's home. And then obviously if they are, I have some lame excuse to get out of it. Your next immediate question wasn't, and what is some stories that you've used? 
I want to know what the lame stories are. They just went on to the next thing. That's, come on, KGW News. Now now I just can't stop thinking about what the lame story would be. Hey, I was, do you have water? I'm thirsty. Can I? No, okay, bye. Hey, I was driving by and do you have any sugar? Oh, I'll just get some at the shops then. Nah, you're right. See you later. Perhaps surprisingly, early morning or afternoon was the most popular time for breaking into a home. One burglar identified the sweet spot as being 12.30pm and 2.30pm. In his own words, quote, anyone that was home for lunch should be gone by then and most kids should still be in school. 12.30pm, dog? I don't know if I'm going to hit anyone up between 12 and at least 1.15. 12.30? What if someone, they live 15 minutes away. They leave at 12. They get home 12.15. They make their sandwich. It's 12.25 by the time they sit down. You're showing up at 12.30? Okay. Sorry, you are the professional robber. You know more than me. My apologies. 12.30 though? Most burglars reported that they begin their search for valuables in the master bedroom and then fan out to other parts of the house. Jewelry, electronics and cash are the most desirable items and several burglars commented that they look for NRA, National Rifle Association, stickers or signs on cars or properties because they mean there are a lot of guns available to steal. I like that that's their thought process. Ah, yes, I like to see an NRA member sticker on the back of a car, a bumper sticker, lovely. That means plenty of guns for me to steal. Also means plenty of guns for you to be fucking shot by, dog. I'm probably going to avoid the house that says, we love guns, we love guns, 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 shoot you dead in the house. Are you, are you good? Are you good, Doug? Oh, yeah, I like to rob the place with all the guns. Oh, I don't. Because that's where I'm more likely to be shot in my motherfucking face. Again, got to risk it to get the biscuit, you know. And are guns really worth that much money in the US? And get guns everywhere. Wouldn't it be, you know... Supply and demand, you know, there's a, t- there's a ton of supply of guns in the US. Wouldn't you be more likely to steal guns in Australia? Can't really get your hands on them. It's a lot more difficult. The difficulty of acquisition, price goes up. Still, it just seems like, it just seems like not entirely worth the risk. The interviewed burglars offered a number of helpful tips for people trying to deter burglars. I thought that was going to go the opposite direction, but okay. Get a dog. Keep a car parked in the driveway. Leave a TV or a radio on. and Get a security camera and make it very visible. Okay. We did learn, however, that that doesn't always work, but okay. Maybe a singular visible camera. You get six. Maybe it goes past four. Ooh, you've got something and I want it. Don't allow alarm companies to install the control pad in a place where it's visible through a window or door and ask your neighbors to trudge around in in your yard 
and on your sidewalks in the winter when you are away, okay? <laughs> okay. I thought it was just sort of an open invitation. Jeff, love what you've done with the shrubs, by the way. Actually, I've heard that uh, you should probably get rid of the shrubs because burglars and pervy boys love shrubbery. Anyway, I was listening to a podcast. You should check it out. Anyway, that's not the point. Uh, what I did want to say, however, is f- just feel free to trudge. You know, I've seen you trudging and fludging around and bit-bopping around. Feel free to bit-bop around uh, on my sidewalk, in my yard, anytime you want, you know. Mi casa es su bit-bop place, okay? Uh, mi casa es su trudge zone. Trudge it up. That's all I'm saying. Thanks, Jeff. Love you. Mwah. Peace out. Love the shrubs. Get rid of the shrubs. Listen to that podcast. I'll email it to you. A lack of footprints in the virgin snow is a dead giveaway that the homeowners may be away in a sunnier location. Jeff, I'm a, I need you to trudge, okay? N- now it's more about me needing you to trudge. And I want, you, I want you to know that when you see the fresh virgin snow go down, that that's Jeff's time to trudge. I want to see trudging go up when the virgin snow go down. Thank you, Jeff. Why being burgled is extremely upsetting. Well, for many reasons. It's an intrusion. It's, you know, you feel unsafe in the place that should feel the safest. They needed to tap into why. Uh, and why is it upsetting to have your shit stolen and your safe, your safe space sort of fucking kicked in and all your shit rummaged through? Why is that upsetting? The emotional impact of a home burglary goes far beyond the monetary loss the homeowner experiences. Most burglary victims, according to the Journal of Environmental Psychology study titled Dwelling and the Experience of Burglary, express deep feelings of shock, victimization, and defilement. Many compare it to being raped. Jesus. These negative reactions become even more extreme when property damage and ransacking accompany the burglary or when goods high in sentimental as well as monetary value are taken. Ransacking and the loss of very personal objects underscore the victim's complete lack of control in a place where they once felt secure, making the experience even more unsettling. So the takeaways, obviously, I'd like to give you a nice takeaway. And number one, first thing that you're going to need to do, uh, get a big sign out the front of your house. You want the number of your home and you want your first name. That's a given, okay? Step one. Step two, get the fucking shrubs out of there, all right? Shrub, think, think, to, th- very simple steps. One, sign. Two, shrub-free zone. Shrub-free zone, okay? Because you, there's, too, there's too many, you know, nefarious groups that love high shrub zones. You want a low shrub zone, okay? Reduce the shrub. Third, you want to get some security systems, but not too much security systems. You want enough to be a deterrent, but not too much to be a beacon. It's a delicate process. There's a line. I'm personally unaware of what the line is, but use your discretion. Now, number four, trudge. Get your neighbors to trudge. Inform all of your neighbors that your dwelling is now a trudge positive zone. And you want everyone trudging, trudging, bit bopping, blapping, all of it in your zone though. 
And also let them know if you're in a snowy area, fresh virgin snow, trudgeons a go. <laughs> Those are uh, the weird but wonderful takeaways for um, burglary. And uh, that is going to do it for this episode. So I've done a bit of a I've done a bit of a sneaky sly thing here, okay? Because getting into the whole burglary thing. Uh, I found it very interesting. So I wanted to know why people steal. So we we looked we looked through the lens of the burglar, the thief, the children of the night, and now we understand. You know the 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 key things. You know don't don't put your expensive boxes out on the street. You know don't don't put your keypad right next to the door. All that stuff. Okay, and we've under, we understand you know the the things that make you more likely to be burglarized. But I wanted to know why people steal. But I've done a sneaky thing a little bit where that's going to be this week's exclusive Patreon content. So uh, if you're a supporter of the show on Patreon, stick around for the conclusion of our journey into the mind of a thief, the thief's mind, an expose, an auditory expose. Um, for everyone else, unfortunately, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you know, if you'd like to support the show, uh, or you want to get your hands on some extra goodies, bonus content, early releases, video versions of the podcast, there's a video version of this podcast right now. I'm sitting on me lounge and you could be watching it right now with me. We could be sitting here together. Um, go check out the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash one weird podcast. Check out the tiers. Anything tickles your fancy, you're, you know, you want to support the show, you want to get your hands on extra goodies, uh, subscribe today, unlock a bunch of stuff. There's a, there's a bunch of stuff on there as well that you can, when you sign up, uh, you have access to all of the back catalog of the, the videos and the other posts and all that stuff as well. So that's going to do it. You can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at my pixel persona. You can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon at one weird podcast uh this has been episode 58 come back for episode 59 and i'll see you next time peace and a safe abode to you and yours